the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm not a magician. I don't want to make you wealthy overnight. If it happens, it happens. That's lovely. But I see people who play the lottery, and I'm like, oh, stupid person tax. Thanks. Who was the comedian? Ah, it was Anthony Jesselink. He said, yep. You ever hear stories about people who win the lottery and they, you know, they win $120 million and they've lost it all three years later and they've applied to be a, a garbage man again. He goes, yeah, I'm not surprised they lost all their money because they were playing the lottery in the first place. I'm like, okay, okay. One thing I don't ever want to do on the show is get you to be speculative. And if you are speculative, I want you to be it with 5% or less of your money. Something that if you lose, it doesn't hurt. The whole goal of the show is to try to get us thinking about entertainment and investing and getting to retirement with enough money to last till the day we die. That's all I want to do. Here's a, a shocking thought. California's population fell again amidst the pandemic's second year. The nation's most populous state is shrinking. California's population declined in 2021, two years in a row. Estimated 39 million, 185, 605 residents. California is still the United States' most populous state. Uh, Texas comes in at 29.5 million. We're at 39.1 million. But people are leaving. <clears throat> you know what I instantly think about, right? If people are leaving, should there be more homes for sale? <laughs> If people are leaving, shouldn't home prices be going down instead of up? Property taxes. California gained 43,300 residents from other countries in 2021. But usually it great gains about 140,000. Critics point to California's policies as the reason people are leaving, which are set by Democrats in the governor's office and state legislature. It's a decades-long trend. Um, we used to say California's got good weather. People want to live here. California's got high-paying jobs. But the housing and the climate change or the desertification of different parts of the state, whatever you want to call it, um, California lost a seat in Congress for the first time after the census. Showed it did not grow as fast as other states. So wealth has created a big problem because the people who have the stock wealth are buying the stuff that people who have the income wealth can't afford anymore. So it does have great paying jobs, but only great paying jobs and stocks to go with it. Um, it's just worthy of uh, thinking about because like, um, who's leaving? In my neighborhood, it's a, we call it like a widower's lane. There's a lot of old ladies on my street. And they're here because their property taxes are low. They're here because it's beautiful weather. They're here because they lived here and they like the hikes. And 
who leaves the state? Is it the younger people who are 35 and under? It, and for the record, that's not in this story. If it's the younger people who are 35 and under, they're future taxpayers. So you have to always be thinking about this. And they're the ones who are going to be support me when I'm older. But if they're not here to support me, what happens? 800-516-1228 each calls on the air. And each one talk about what we talk about. So California losing the number of people living in the state two years in a row. Not a trend yet, but it's not great. Two-thirds of aspiring millennial homeowners have nothing saved for down payment. So you know who I was asking who's going to be paying taxes so that I can live in California? Who's going to be paying the for the firefighters and the police and the water and the, the bills that, you know, we, have, we need a brand new library. We need a senior citizen living facility. If people are taxpayers leaving, it brings up the question. But here's another question. Two-thirds of millennials who want to be homeowners have nothing saved for down payment. So realistically, who's going to be buying it? It's probably their mom and dad. Help from the parent? Totally get it. Eight and 10 millennial renters who hoped one day buy say that we have no down payment. 66% of those. So people aren't really saving. And this show, one of the things I try to talk about is save a little money for retirement, save a little bit of money for big purchases, get your emergency fund in shape, and then move on to saving for retirement. Instead of doing a little bit, try to get to the you know 15% of your salary level. It's all about like, dedicating money into the right buckets or into the right areas or into the right lanes. The lack of savings is a result of a generation for the millennials who've struggled to build wealth between two recessions before the age of 40. It's important in that phrase to get to build wealth before the age of 40. I believe you need to have somewhere between 100 and 200,000 saved by the time you're 30. It's a big ask. Um, I'd rather err on the side of caution because in the end, you're trying to get to X amount times your salary. Historically, some people would say three to five times your salary, but I think with inflation, I think you're looking for 10 to 20 times your salary. So if you make $100,000, you need somewhere between $1 million and $2 million to retire. I would say minimally. I don't look at social security account for anything other than maybe my healthcare costs when I retire. If I'm paying for food off social security, I'm in trouble. I'm cutting it too close. That's who it was designed for. And it's not really a modern system. So it was designed at a time where life was simpler on the farm. 79% of millennial renters who don't have enough saved may only see their home ownership dreams come true if they can dramatically increase their savings or find a more affordable market. Nearly a quarter of millennials said the pandemic decreased their chances of home ownership in a new millennial home improvement report. More millennials plan to rent forever than they did before the pandemic. One of the things I'm very honest about on the show is that I've created wealth through income, forced savings, the forced savings helped me get into a home. The home helped me take advantage of my income and my tax cuts that I got from the home ownership. So it all kind of works together. Uh, 
I get that some people think buying homes is the greatest way to create wealth. I get that you kind of have the lowest common denominator and you see on TV, you use other people's money. Those are also the people that go bankrupt at the highest level, fastest rate. I've seen more of those. I've seen people become real estate tycoons. And yet wrapping up a segment, home affordability is nearly the worst on record as mortgage rates are spiking right now. So millennials who want mom and dad to help, now mom and dad are going to be stretched to help. I feel bad for people who thought, you know, I'm going to sell this here in May because I think since March with mortgage rates jumping up, I think a lot of people are going to say, I probably should have done it in March. 95% of the hundred largest U.S. housing markets are now less affordable than they were um, just three months ago. Average rate on a 30-year mortgage is now 5.5%. This time last year, no, no, started this year. Four months ago, it was 3.29. This time last year, is 2.5 to 2.75. Now we're at 5.55. Wow. A lot less affordable. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, or Rob Black Show. Now let me show you how inflation really works. How about high vegetable oil prices? Vegetable oil prices jumped 23% in March. Wow. Sunflower oil up 83%. Vegetable oils, that's pretty crazy. And um, there's different types of vegetable oils. I don't know if you've ever stopped and thought about it. Um, but doubling oil costs is not uncommon right now because what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, you're like, what? $153 billion, $153 billion. That's the decrease in Tesla's market cap since April 13th. The day before he announced his bid to buy Twitter for $44 billion. So if you take a look at him, and in theory, he lost almost $200 billion. <clears throat> no, no, no. He'll get Twitter out of it. There'll, there'll be some value for what he buys, right? But talk among some people is that Twitter's about to go to heck in a handbasket, and people are just going to quit, and the technology be left behind. It's hard to imagine that, but that's what some people are thinking. Personal loan originations in 2021. Personal loan originations in 2021. The number comes in at $222 billion. Lenders reported a 31% increase in the value of personal loans. Low interest rate loans. Get them while you can. Get them while you can because loans are going up high, going up fast in, in cost. A lot of people took out money to do home improvements. I've been there. I've done that. I've done a HELOC loan in the past as a way of getting low-cost money so that I can manage projects in a, a market that was returning better than low costs. In the United States, a record high share of U.S. homes are worth more than $1 million. Housing supply has not kept up with increasing demand during the pandemic. 8.2% of all homes now are worth a million dollars. That's almost double the pre-pandemic levels. It's eight times what it was 20 years ago. 
So to say there's a spike going on, yeah. Uh, more investors also own single-family homes than ever before, a key factor that's driving up prices and crowding everyday Americans out of the market. You know, in the first segment, when I talked about Californians have seen people leave the state for two years in a row, let's just think about California as having more homes that are worth a million. If you have people leaving, you have a, a shrinkage in demand just automatically, right? No, there's wildfires. There's things like that, right? Homes get burned down is what I'm saying. Sometimes inventory gets played with. It gets adjusted. But homes are also always, always going up. But if you see that many people leave and you see that many homes go up in value by over a million, up to a million dollars in the last eight years, averaging 8% a year or more, that's a lot. Um, so I worry that there's a grandma on the street who's sticking around a little bit too long. Her home's gone from in the last 20 years, million to 2 million to 3 million. Uh, at what point you've seen it happen with tech stocks now, where there's just so many companies worth trillion dollars or so many companies worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And you see that it doesn't always work like that. So sometimes they give back 25 to 50% of their gains. Homes are assets, stocks are assets. Just throwing it down there for you. That we're doubling the number of homes worth a million dollars at a very quick rate. It's going to be tough to maintain that mathematically. I saw that Burger King's parent earnings company revenue climbed 15%. So I said, I started with earnings. I misspoke. I, I should say their revenue top 15%. That's a lot of whoppers. That's a lot of fries. Or is it inflation? This is a very tricky time to be an analyst because you have to stop and take a look. Um, yes, you're going to see some great growth, but it's going to be stagflation. It's going to be, yeah, it's because people are paying more and they're getting less. Burger King's Russian restaurants accounted for just six-tenths of 1% of the company's total revenue last year. So they obviously dragged down the current quarter. But um, that's a pretty impressive quarter. And it makes you look at it and go, what are they doing right? And if you look at fast food, clearly it's got a role in our life, right? It's as snobby as we want to be. I've got a uh, talking to my son the other day about the girl that he's kind of dating thing. I said, I bet she eats real healthy, right? I was trying to like find all the positives in her. Like that's a good reason to like a lady. I bet she eats real healthy. Uh, because now she gets McDonald's once a week. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> She's ratted out. So, okay. So listen to this quick thought. McDonald's could be a worse investment short term because it's got bigger exposure to Russia or as Burger King's got smaller exposure to Russia. Doesn't that seem silly that we're even talking about that on a long-term angle? Yeah. On short-term, I get it. When you buy a stock short-term, the last thing you want to do is put in an order and see that stock go lower. You are freaked out. You are upset. You are unhappy if that happens. And I get it. I get it. You feel like you're a loser. You feel like, oh, if I only waited two, I knew if I waited two more days, you start self-doubting yourself like the next time you'll be more psychic. 
So short term, you look around and go, okay, I'm thinking about buying a stock today. One of the things you have to do is how far down is it for the year? How far down is it versus its peers for the year? How are they positioned for inflation? Did they have trouble getting product? You start asking questions. You can look at the last quarter's uh, filings, quarterlies, or the S's. And that's where you'll see how the company did. Legally, they disclose important information like that every 90 days. And legally, they disclose it in an S filing, which are much more difficult for you to read, but much, much shorter if there's material information because publicly traded companies need to do that because it's owned by the public. That's why we have companies like the SEC who is severely underfunded. Coming up on the show, I'm going to talk about the auto industry and electric batteries. How big of a market can electric batteries be? At least $360 billion. Who wants to own the next electric battery car company that becomes the next big thing? I'll give you some ideas what's out there and what's happening when we come right back. You can find me online at epwealth.com. It's epwealth.com. We do financial planning. If you need a referral to a financial planner, drop me an email, rob at robblackshoe.com. It's rob at robblackshoe.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Black. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Let's do a quick review of the markets yesterday. We ended up higher in the NASDAQ, the SP, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. 10-year Treasury is playing with that 3% mark. Um, that's an upward trend that the Fed's going to talk about on Wednesday. And then we get the jobs report on Friday, making Tuesday a lot less important in the big picture of 2022. U.S. economy is projected to recover all of the 22 million jobs it lost before COVID by this summer. Interesting. We had thought that that recovery would take up to 2024. Yesterday, a big story hitting the news was the Supreme Court has voted to overturn Roe v. Wade according to a draft opinion that was leaked to Politico. It's a shocking development for many in America that would end the constitutional right for an abortion that has been enshrined in the United States since 1973. What happens next? 17 states plus Washington, D.C. have laws in the books to protect abortion rights in the same scenario that was immediately brought up. Abortions would become illegal in 13 states that have introduced trigger laws. Um, This is going to be a big story this summer. Polls have consistently shown that a majority of Americans oppose overturning Roe v. Wade. In a uh, Marquette University Law School poll from January January this year, 72% were opposed, while 28% were in favor. It's going to be a big story this summer. Other big ideas that are out there for us to think about. Pfizer. Why Pfizer? Pfizer is one of the big stories of the day because they make a COVID pill. At a time, at a COVID shot, at a time where we're going, huh, I wonder if we're going to still need that COVID information. 
I wonder if we're going to need that shot and we're going to need the pill. I wonder, like, I wonder, I wonder. And Pfizer's done very well through the pandemic, but they've cut 2022 earnings despite a strong first quarter. Uh, COVID vaccine and antiviral cells are doing quite well. Company sold 13.2 billion of its COVID vaccine and 1.5 billion of its antiviral Paxlovid, which I am excited for post-pandemic and post-COVID. Like, I hope we kind of develop some new technologies during the war on COVID. It's like Nancy Reagan's war on drugs. If it's not a war, it's tough to market, isn't it? The war in Ukraine, easy to market. Whereas what Russia's trying to say, it's a a little bit of a blow up. So we're going to pay attention to Pfizer going forward. In large part, they were one of those winners and they're a major pharmaceutical company. And in the end, like I said, I hope there's more antivirals on the market when I get viral. I know that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but one day when I develop um, pneumonia because I'm old and frail, I feel much more confident be taking a pill as I get older than I am going to be putting a chip in my head. Thank you, Elon Musk. Pfizer's dividends, 3.3%. Now, the 10 years treasury is at 3%. It's right around. Which would you rather own? A company that's developing cures for cancer, a company that's developing cures for vac- uh, vaccines for diseases that's paying you 3.3% or a 10-year treasury that would pay you 3%. On the one hand, you get Pfizer, but then you go, oh, what if there? What if the vaccine completely causes brain cancer or something horrible? And you're like, there's risk in that 3.3%, isn't there? Whereas the U.S. Treasury and the 10-year, let's just say eh, we've paid our bills in the United States. So if you like Pfizer, I'd say Pfizer is more interesting to me when it dips to cut some of the risk out of it. But it's a great long-term name, especially if you like dividends or need income. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show, please. Um, some other stories that we have to hit today, for sure. Um, relative to where the stock market was a week ago versus where it is today, there's kind of a relief value thing going on in some people's heads. But I still think until the VIX can get us up to the tune of 40 or 50, that we're not going to get it all clear that the market's done going down. We have some dramatic events to get to. And those dramatic events include, but not are exclusive to, interest rates and jobs. So yesterday the VIX hit, what did it hit? 30... In the last 52 weeks, it hits, it's hit 38 as a high. In the last couple of days, it's been playing with that 31, 32, 33, 34 level. And when the VIX, the volatility index is above 30, we're close to our bottoms. But when it hits 40, 45, 50, people are just quitting. People are giving up. And that's when you can get some like super values. Again, this is not investment advice. This is just something that a lot of people have seen because we've been watching this game a lot. It's the people who quit when you start hearing Robinhood has not getting people signed on and that their transactions are dropping and that when their transactions are dropping at Robinhood, they're the most speculative people because they're the youngest kids out there putting money in the market and they think they're smarter than everyone else, which is a curse of youth because you lose money. 
but when you lose that money, you eventually quit and give up. I'm sure you've been in a situation where you've been in Vegas or been in a horse race where you're like, you're on top of the world. I'm on top of the world. And then you get a hand and you're like, Oh, I'm making up the next hand. You get a hand. It's Oh, I'm going to next horse, next horse. And then you're out of money. That's the whoosh down. That's when the VIX hits 40. That's when the VIX hits 50. Um, and it's mathematically quantifiable, which is surreal for a lot of people to t- kind of grasp onto. So other big stories of note, will there be a directional bias in the markets? I don't think so. I think it, a lot of it comes with how do we feel with what the Fed has to say tomorrow? How nervous do they look? If we keep going, market corrections are normal. Market corrections are normal. You kind of start sounding like a broken record, like not good. Just say it once and move on. Resilience in the market comes in the face of the fact that Russia might soon move to annex Donetsk, Luhansk, and Kyrgyzstan in eastern Ukraine under the veil of a sham referendum. Headline news makes it feel like Putin's not just going to admit defeat. And I, I would say if you look underneath what some of the movings on goes, and if you read the Financial Times and maybe not the New York Times, you might get a little bit better opinion of what's going on in Europe than you are in the United States. Pfizer's lowering its 2022 outlook, better than expected results. Estee Lauder is cutting its 2022 outlook. That's always an interesting one because of makeup. You could invest in blush. I know you're saying it's not called blush anymore. I know, and that's the funny part. I don't know what it's called, but you could invest in Estee Lauder. And I used to say on the air, you can invest in ugly women. <laughs> that would catch me some flack, rightfully so. No, I wear makeup on television. Otherwise, I would look really, really, really Irish white, like not good, like Conan O'Brien white, like really pasty. Um, makeup's a thing. But if we're not going to work, it's less of a thing. Chegg became the latest growth stock to blow up down 39%. Uh, any company that has no earnings is in a lot of trouble right now. It's pretty late in the cycle to tell you that. If you haven't figured that out, you probably have learned it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. I do at least one hour of the day of this show, very much so dedicated to headline news. I try to do at least one hour dedicated to more thought concepts, hints, tips, tricks, um, or themes. Here's a theme that I hear a lot of you talking about, and I get it. Electric batteries and how they can become a big old market for your dollars. I've put in some electric batteries into my home as I have a uh, electric vehicle, but also I have solar. I can tell you the solar panels are much more efficient than the solar battery and the solar panels, the technology, it's improving every year, but the solar batteries, the stuff you put on the side of your home, it's jumping quickly. We need Elon Musk to figure that out a little bit more, just the engineering side, or it could be Hitachi or it could be LG, whoever needs to figure that side out, the batteries, that would be great. Batteries are key to automakers right now as Ford and General Motors are trying to stay current with consumer demand. Gas prices at six, seven, eight dollars. I'm stoked that I could use from my solar right today 
from about 11 a.m. to about four before electric prices, almost electricity prices triple or double. Um, anything off of my solar grid, I'm not giving it back to PG&E. That extra little drippage is going to my vehicle. I look at those as free miles or cheap rate miles. Batteries are critical to multi-billion dollar plans to create electric vehicle lineups, but we're going to do more than just that. It's not just the electric vehicles. Batteries are going to be something that differ- differentiates Ford from GM from Tesla. Right now, you look at gasoline as very much so a commodity, right? That's, it's a definition of commodity. There's hard commodities. There's soft commodities. There's energy commodities. There's food commodity. Like you kind of get the idea the more you start thinking about it, that what type of gas is in your car? You probably, if I were to put a gallon of Exxon gasoline right next to a gallon of uh, Crazy Eddie's gasoline, you can't, you, you probably wouldn't be able to taste the difference. You want to be able to know the difference. So it's going to have to be marketed to you. The tigers in the tank. Uh, you're going to start seeing marketing towards electric vehicle batteries as ours are better. Battery startups are going to have a lot to do with this, but right now there's a lot of battery metal shortages to the point that Joe Biden just said, we'll spend an extra $3 billion as a nation doing more research on how to get our electric vehicle battery ingredients and metals more up to, up to speed with China's. It's a war. Who can electrify their fleet faster? The booming electric car battery business saw $3.6 billion in venture capital last year. This is funding the companies like Rivian and GM who need the new batteries. So every now and then you get mad at venture capitalists. They're helping do us to the next level of economic standards. And they're taking a lot of chances. Slow charge times are driving away potential electric car buyers. Five startups are creating the fast charging batteries that could win them over. That's going to be the kind of the, the trick, right? Who can get to charge their cars the fastest that go the furthest, but also that maintain and don't degrade as fast as the others. Panasonic and LG are huge players. So I'll read their quarterly reports to figure out who they're investing in. So I can learn about the new alternatives to expensive lithium ion batteries. If that's, what's going to be what's out there. We know there's going to be shortages. We've seen the war in Ukraine already start to impact key uh, battery materials like nickel, cobalt, lithium. There's a crisis in that industry as well. And when you watch commodities soar, it's interesting. The higher the price that goes, the sometimes the more momentum, but then they, they crash hard. <clears throat> Booming electric car production is creating a mad dash, mad dash right now. So should you invest in lithium? Should you invest in nickel? That's where it gets very, very tricky. How much does it cost to get out of the ground? And how, how long are those spot prices stay high? Because there is a cost of getting stuff out of the ground. Very high cost, more often than not. Very labor-intensive. Range anxiety is the number one thing that battery makers are trying to figure out the chemistry on. So they, they can create batteries that bolster range performance, vehicle safety. Do you remember a couple of years back when a Tesla would get into a, a crash, maybe in something as inane as a parking garage? The firefighters went there and they're like, oh, that's going to take two days to put out. And you're like, really? 
big old fire truck can't put out an electric battery gate. It, the type of batteries, they're very, very toxic when they burn. They're very, very, um, how shall we say, resilient. Now, you're going to hear about startup companies constantly cracking the code for the miracle battery that can go a million plus miles. There's going to be a lot of speculation in this industry. Be cautious. Um, a lot of stuff works well in, in design tests, but doesn't work nearly as well in practical tests. A Michigan startup doubled a Tesla's range by customizing it with a special battery. Uber's biggest electric car problem could be solved by the startup that's got $50 million from Blackstone last year. Solid state batteries can unseat lithium ion, according to an exec at Ford and BMW. There's almost a war of not one upsmanship, but all the big players are going to be going aggressively into theories and how to best solve problems. So I would read companies like Tesla's annual report. If you've never read an annual report, they're really nice. Have you ever heard of a graphic designer? A graphic designer is a job that helps lay out, you know, magazine style information. They make a lot of money designing those corporate annual reports. I love those corporate annual reports. And I still like getting physical copies of them. Something about reading financials in your hands while sitting in a nice leather chair um, just feels rich. <laughs> you know, and life is rich to me. So anyway, um, if you're lucky enough, if you're someone like an Elon Musk, and you're working on solving space problems and battery problems at the same time, sometimes your industry can solve two problems at once. So I do like the fact that he's out there. I do think he's a bit of a wackadoodle. I think he's a little bit too immature for me. But also, I think he's really smart. But I wish he, he would cut the 420 jokes. and I wish he'd stop being mean to people on the internet. Um. I haven't been on the receiving side of what well, I've been on the receiving side of some criticism on the internet, but not too bad. But also I don't have a super bro like Elon Musk picking on me until I say something today, like, you know, startups going to catch up. Don't tweet that to him. Please don't tweet that to him. Uh, but what's also going to be interesting this year to watch is how Tesla responds to Lucid and Rivian and GM and Ford and electric vehicles and how they're starting to hit the market. I'm starting to see some differentiation. Ford was the first major company to get a product that's beloved Ford F-150 truck to really show us like, this is how we're going to electrify it. When you get into the Corvettes, that doesn't interest me as much because I'm looking for the vehicle that's going to sell more. So $360 billion market in electric batteries. You got to read the annual reports. It's super important. Um, if you want to learn what the lay of the land looks like and what they're investing in, like, for instance, the ability to recycle electric batteries is important. Uh, they're all trying to figure out how to do that. So who are some of the big electric vehicle companies that you should be thinking about? Rivian, I would get a copy of their annual report if you can. Founded in 2009, they've become the second most valuable U.S. car maker, trailing Elon Musk, but suppressing legacy automakers. Um, hopes of, of, you know, staying in the game. So it is literally Tesla and then Rivian. Now, maybe down the road, uh, Ford and GM are going to be able to catch them. But right now, it's they're not. Now, you probably don't know a lot about Rivian. I like the designs much more than a Tesla. 
and the reviews of people that I know who've written them, yeah, you can watch on YouTube. You'll see uh, they're 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 comparable to Teslas. So a re- EV recycling company, a company called Redwood Materials, not publicly traded, but Redwood Materials is looking to remanufacture valuable raw materials like lithium, cobalt, and nickel found in EV batteries. Has a fifty million dollar deal with Ford to become part of their supply chain. A company called Sila Nanotechnologies, again a private company, not for long. They have competitors like QuantumScape, where solid power are pursuing solid state technology as the next big breakthrough. QuantumScape is publicly traded, and it is a company that Bill Gates has said this is going to be something. But QuantumScape is competing with Sila Nanotechnologies. Sila announced battery materials would be used in the popular Whoop fitness bands. They, their chemistry enables lighter, safer, and higher, more density batteries. Um, a little bit different technology. Another company you should look at is Highland Electric Transportation. They're looking for fleet applications. Scion Power. It's looking to deliver high energy density, increased cycle life, and fast charging capability, which is what automakers are trying to promote. Turntide Technologies out of Sunnyvale, California. They develop energy conservation technologies and innovations for commercial industrial electric fleets. Um, they're trying to get the batteries to go further and longer and more construction into things like um, trucking and rail applications and agriculture, uh, like the tractors. Ample is a battery swapping technology. So you can swap your battery with a new battery a lot easier than you can with a Tesla. A lot of players to think about. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. I've been through six, maybe seven rate tightening cycles by the Federal Reserve. It could be six. And typically the best time to buy is when they're just starting because there's a lot of growth left in the economy that they're trying to shut down. Now you can't go to the bank with that. You can't go to the bank with stupid ideas like, oh, at the beginning of a tightening cycle. And they've only raised interest rates once, but they're going to raise them two more times, probably tomorrow. I've been through enough of these to know how it plays out that we're going to start blaming the economy slowing down on the Fed. And when it eventually hits a recession, we're going to say the Fed did it. The Fed gets more blamed than, say, Biden or Trump or whoever's in power. Um. But it's all about the positioning, right? Normalized interest rates would be probably around 5%. We're at 3%. Can we get that high? Can we get up to 5 from 3? It's going to be a chore. But does it look like it's happening? It does. Does does that make me think recession's coming? It does. Am I going to act on that? No. Um, I'll reposition slightly here and there. But I won't quit the game. But history says that as the Fed tightens, you could still be exposed to stocks. But once that 10-year treasury gets around 3.5%, you really have to start looking. What sort of results are you looking for? Safe, 3.5%, or risky, 7 to 10%, but you've now got to start playing by the rules. You've got to start buying stocks that are healthcare or... 
financials and you're looking for, or media, you're looking for the PE somewhere between 12 and 18. 12 is going to give you a little more safety on the downside. 18 is going to give you a little bit more risk on the upside. So the 10-year treasury under 3.5% is a freaking fracking party for me. It's punch drunk. After 10 up years, it's a little bit tougher for sure. But once that 10-year treasury gets above 3.5%, I'm going to have a serious talk with myself. I'm going to say, self, what do you want? More safety or more growth? And depending on where I am in my life, and hopefully you can ask yourself the same question, you'll change appropriately. So the Fed's going to meet tomorrow and it's going to be a big day. Because as you know, the nice thing also is the more they tighten, the more they have room to untighten. I know you're saying, whoa, that's heavy, Rob. We have Christmas coming up and what we don't want is a strong demand for Christmas, not enough product and even more inflation created. I don't think that's going to be the issue this year. I think inflation's starting to come out, but it's, you can't say victory in, in the fourth month of the year. You'll say victory in the seventh, eighth, ninth month if things start to slow. You won't see the real year-over-year victory until 2023. If it plays out positively like that. And you know what I always like to say on the show? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party you would have. Biogen CEO is going to step down. The reason I bring that up is it's, it's not rocket science here when we bring this up. Biogen CEO stepping down is, it's, to me, it's about leadership. And is he going to pursue the next CEO? Is he going to pursue more pills for the elderly, more pills for the young, disease prevention versus disease management? Uh, people have different opinions as that develops. Tesla has some bad news for investors. Company um, is starting to have some disclosures on when they're going to be able to hit the delivery of certain vehicles. And they're taking more time to file. No particular importance right now, but... As you see the investment community start to look for documents on the company's annual meeting, um, they're going to lay out their guidance for the next year. And the delivery of the Cybertruck is going to be an important one for Tesla shareholders. Um, that's the high expectations. That I'm not going to say it's going to be the make or break if that's not the case. But people want new product. Speaking of new product, the movie theater industry just had its big event in Vegas. Um, where they started talking about their summer movies. And the summer movies look like they're back. What we want to see out of the summer movies this year, it's going to sound really, really strange. We want to see old people go back to the movie theaters. Uh, that's the goal for 2022, if you're a movie theater owner. And when I say old people, people over 35, we know kids will see any horror movie, any horror movie. We know kids will see any movie to get away from mom and dad on Friday and Saturday night to get to their, their friends to eat popcorn, to make jokes. We know that there's been a lot of disruption and CinemaCon got together and said, we really need this year our top two movies to be Top Gun by Top Gun Maverick and possibly that Avatar movie. In large part, we want to get people who are over 35 who have seen the first Top Gun and people who are over 35 who have seen the first 
Avatar because that was 12 years ago or something like that, 10 years ago that it came out. So the movie audience is already, people who are 15, they don't know what that is. So very important this year to get people 35 and older. And if you get 45 and older, that's the crowd that's been the slowest to come to movie theaters. That's a sign that, yeah, everything's kind of good. Keep in mind, we have some movies that are coming to the movie theaters like uh, League of Super Pets and Black Adam. And there's a couple different ones out there. But League of Super Pets is for kids. And kids have been tough to get back, but not as tough as people over 40. Black Adam, we're going to see how good Dwayne Johnson is as a superhero. Or I don't know if he's a superhero or an anti-hero. I think he's tied towards the Egyptian mythology superheroes. I'm not big into that world. But the goal is to get people who are over 35, 40 to come back. And then you'll say, ah, it's healthy. Now, other areas that you're looking for health in, um, travel. MasterCard released some of their data on the first quarter. Travel rebounded strongly. Purchase volume surged 21% year over year. Cross-border volume increased 53% year over year. For the first time since pandemic, cross-border volume was above 2019 levels. So you could say Visa and MasterCard have started getting back into people are traveling. And when people travel, you spend more. And when you spend more, the currency, it's a great way for Visa and MasterCard to make more money. As countries have lifted travel bans, it opens up trade. It opens up more, more cash flow. Trade is a, tourism is a big business. It's a huge business. Um, Russia, yeah, there's going to be some issues there. It, it looks like for most companies that I'm seeing that I follow, like a MasterCard or Visa, you're talking about 2 to 4%. So it's big, but it's not going to crush or destroy. Best Buy CEO is talking right now about how gaming is not cyclical anymore. It's kind of a utility. We used to think of the PlayStation 5 and the Sony, uh, PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X as like, okay, that'll drive three to five years. Best Buy is saying it, it's just consistent now. Demand's always going to be there for new consoles, always going to be there for new games. I don't know if that's easy to put a bow on, but it's close. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 